Best-selling author and nurse Tina Morelli's new book, A Guide for Caregiving, What's Next? Planning for Safety, Quality, and Compassionate Care for Your Loved One and Yourself, covers almost every conceivable topic on caring for an elderly family member or friend. From patient advocacy to end-of-life care, the book breaks down the sometimes impossibly difficult task of caring for another human being into manageable pieces. Her conversational approach makes challenging concepts more understandable for the average caregiver. Tina Morelli is the president of Morelli & Associates, a publishing and consulting firm working in the healthcare field for over 20 years. Tina is the author of numerous books, including Handbook of Home Health Standards, Quality Documentation and Reimbursement, The Hospice and Palliative Care Handbook, and the best-selling home care aid educational system, Home Health Aid Guidelines for Care, a handbook for caregiving at home, and its accompanying nurse instruction manual. And of course, I'm pleased to say Tina is my guest for today's podcast. Hi, Tina. Hi, nice to meet you. My pleasure. You know, I know you're the author of 12 other award-winning healthcare books uh, and some titles I just mentioned, but tell me how this particular book was envisioned and then how it was written. This particular book um, was a labor of love because it came out of all my past experiences. And then my sweet 93-year-old father-in-law, Otto, came to live in our house with my husband and I for three years until he died at our home. Um, So it kind of taught me, uh, it provided a lens, I like to say, into daily caregiving, especially for the oldest old, of which Otto obviously was, because he lived till he was 96. Well, I read it cover to cover, and it's a really, really interesting book, and it's it's well crafted. And I see where you you know say you write for professionals normally, so everything uh, is is documented. But it's very human. It's very personable. It's it's written from the heart. Well, thank you for those comments. Well, um, I tried to make it really conversational because I think. Um, one of my goals for healthcare personally is that we have a common glossary. So there aren't different levels of words for different people, be them clinicians, providers, and patients and their caregivers. So you'll see, for example, if you read the cardiac section, I said, you might be told your caregiver or loved one has atrial fibrillation, also called AF, atrial fib. And then I explain how to say it because I think it's really important should someone have to go to the hospital or the emergency department that they know what they have so that we're not guessing because healthcare is already too complex and there's too many opportunities for miscommunication, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Absolutely. And and we want to make sure that the the caregivers are seen as a professional member of their loved one's care team. You know, in, in particular to what you just said, I notice that many caregiving books focus on one health problem, such as Alzheimer's, cancer, Parkinson's, but yours covers quite a number of issues that caregivers are going to deal with. Why is that? Um, That was um, um, thoughtfully planned out for a number of reasons. Um, I like to say the hip bone's connected to the thigh bone. (laughs) So I think as we've gotten to the specialization of health care, particularly, for example, um, medical care, because not all care is um, uh, medical, shall we say, but we have um, made things so specialized that nobody or a lot of people, a lot of clinicians don't look at patients holistically. So, for example, 
Um, I've had family members have Alzheimer's. It doesn't mean they only had Alzheimer's. They also had arthritis. Maybe they had a history of cancer. Maybe they had um, a cardiac arrhythmia like atrial fibrillation. They also might have had diabetes. So nobody has just one thing, and that's part of the dilemma now um, with the graying tsunami that our, the people we're taking care of um, are complex and have sometimes multiple chronic conditions, chronic meaning um, kind of lifetime that we can manage. And so that's why um, the way the book was set up is the whole first part is kind of holistic. So what's the role of caregiving? What's the overview? What skills do you need to be successful? Um, who's the care team? And absolutely, the the family caregiver, I say, is the only person who might know all the meds and uh, potions and lotions that the loved one or the person you're caring for is on. Because when you go to the doctors, the cardiologist might be looking only at the heart meds. The arthritis doctor might be only looking at the pain meds. So it's really important that one person be in charge of that medication list. And we call that, um, and you'll hear this if you take your loved one to the doctor or the emergency department, um, they want to do what's called a medication reconciliation. And what that simply means is they look at the medications your loved one's on and make sure it jives with what they have in their system because medications can be an area of risk, especially for the oldest old. You know, also I notice it's a specifically beautiful book. The cover material is really sturdy, so we can take it with us everywhere and not have it fall apart on us. And it's actually spiral-bound. There was some thought and and uh, some method to your, your process on how you put this book together. How was it designed? Well, this book um, actually had over 15 reviewers, and some of them were family and friend caregivers. And one of um, one of my little um, little tiny think tank said, "I want this to be pretty, so I can put it in my purse." Because her husband at the time kept going in and out of the hospital, and then to the rehab center, and then back to the hospital, so that she could have an easy reference. And that was the whole idea of the white wire spiral bounding, so she could open or any caregiver can open the book and read it as they want and then be able to take notes because you'll see at the end of each section there's a place um, for notes because it's hard to remember everything. There's a the tab with the table of contents that you can use as a, a reminder for where you you know you left off so it's it's very well thought out. The design of the book is very well thought out. And since you mentioned that, yes, there's a flap, and you can use it as a bookmark, and you can also use it as an easy guide. Um, the special patient populations, meaning the care information, is alphabetical, like Alzheimer's through urinary care. So if your loved one has an amputation, arthritis, bed-bound cancer, cardiac, chronic obstructive pulmonary disease or diabetes, or is it end of life and maybe uh, getting uh, palliative and or hospice care, or stroke care, it's all alphabetical. And there's a special section called older adult care, just because we know that the oldest old, which is the National Institutes of Aging, defined as those over age 85, are the fastest growing segment of our, of our patient and caregiving population. So the oldest old have some particular um, health issues, health concerns that we all need to be aware of. So that's why the, there's an older adult care section um, less because it's a problem, but more to help them maintain their health and functionality for as long as we can. 
So, Tina, who who are your books purchasers? Are they individuals? Are they organizations? Um, that's a good question because um, when we look at that, we see individual family and friend caregivers. In fact, um, we I actually sometimes get emails from people. Um, two that immediately come to mind. One was an attorney who said, this book really got me through my mother being in the hospital and coming back home and knowing enough to know what questions to ask. So that's kind of one of the goals. And the other person said in the book about the oldest, in the section about the oldest old and older adult care generally, that I had mentioned that sometimes the first symptom of a urinary tract infection is someone gets confused or otherwise their behavior changes. And so I had a gentleman reach out to me to say, that's how I knew that my father probably had a urinary tract infection, and I took him to the doctor, and that's what he had. So some of these kind of um, tips from taking care of a lot of patients uh, across many years and making a lot of home visits, I tried to share that kind of practical information. How How do you see, in general, family caregivers utilizing the book? Uh, The way I understand they utilize it is um, uh, a lot of people use it, um, the first part, so they know, is my house ready to be a caregiving home? Do I have the skill set needed from a safety and time, uh, energy, you know, because every caregiving situation is different because the needs of our loved one or the person we're caring for are very different. So I generally have people tell me that they read the first um, the first part first, which is part one, the caregiver role, what the caregiver uh, needs to know, and then they go into the special patient populations, which is part two, to find out what's going on with their loved ones, such as diabetes or they've had a stroke or whatever it might be specifically. And I know I um, didn't answer your question about who is the, the buyers we have also, we have um, uh, organizations like Assisted Living who provide them on admission, some CCRCs, uh, continuing care communities, as a way to really promote health among their communities, which should be our goal for everyone. You know, I can actually see the uh, caregiver, that's why I like how sturdy it is, uh, taking this book as an easy reference, waiting in the doctor's waiting room, when they have the emergency, you know, 4 o'clock in the morning, they're sitting in the emergency room because their loved one fell or, or, or whatever right. happened. Um, so I, I can see it as a, a personal guide on their journey, their caregiving journey. Absolutely. And um, I would say the bulk of the people that, who buy it are those um, people. In fact, I speak to a lot of um, uh, caregiving groups, uh, primarily, it's women, older women taking care of their spouses or father-in-laws, um, boomers, and so they actually use the book sometimes like as a curriculum. So, kind of going through it, depending on where they are in the caregiving continuum. Like, is the person, their loved one, getting ready to come out? Are they trying to plan uh, for what's going to happen in the future? Um, do they need to learn about a specific disease from a just a really practical perspective. So in these women's groups, I find out that people use them differently, but but whatever they are seeking, they can pretty much find it, and that's why it's got a really specific table of contents. And, and, and I know that they can, you know, get it through our uh, caregiver.com book club, 
and I know they can get it on Morelli.com. And when I went on Morelli.com, I was very intrigued with the other information there. Uh, tell tell our, our, our listeners what they can find when they visit your website, Morelli.com. Well, um, um, I've been in home care and hospice for a lot of years, so I have some books are on their sixth edition. In fact, um, one of them that you mentioned is the Handbook of Home Health Standards, and that's kind of called the Little Red Book or Red Book Bible in Home Care. And that actually just got an American Journal of Nursing uh, Book of the Year award for uh, second place, which was pretty heartening. Um, and so did the um, Hospice and Palliative Care Handbook, and those were just uh, we were just informed of that in the last two weeks. So again, a second place in their specific categories. So I really tried my my mission, which I kind of mentioned, is really that um, uh, I guess I call it the democratization of healthcare. So there are no secrets, and we're kind of responsible um, for kind of learning everything that we can about health. I sometimes think we see health just as the absence of disease, but it's much more than that. And I. And since you said you read the book, you probably saw that there was some spirituality embedded in the book about yes, you know what big means part the of caregiving. Absolutely, what means the most to your loved one? What what is a fun activity that you're the person you're caring for and love that you can support? Because sometimes it's um, daily choices. So what's that fun every day? I can give you an example. I I recommend that people try to have fun for their caregiving loved one every day, and it might be a simple thing. For example, when Otto was um, with us and he was about age 95, and he was very frail, he would love to go on car rides. So we'd take him to see the beach because the beach is in driving distance. We would take him to the grocery store because he loved to push the cart, and it was just enough support um, that it was also good for his functional mobility um, because it truly is use it or lose it, especially as as you get up in those kind of ages in your mid-90s. Um, another thing is he loved cherry, so I would make sure I made something cherry, be it a cherry turnover, a cherry pie, um, that he loved to watch old World War II movies because he was a veteran of World War II. So really reaching into what's important to the person. If they have a favorite pet, if they love to go see sunset, whatever it is, we know all of our time is limited, but with the oldest old, generally it's closer than we might think. This book has gotten some great recommendations and terrific awards. Uh, tell me a little bit about some of the neat stuff people have said about it. As I said, I just told you that I saw uh, one one place just say that it's one of the top five caregiving books you must buy. I was really heartened because I heard from um, Senator Elizabeth Dole. She actually called me. Um, and she said that the guide for caregiving, um, she thought, offered tremendous insight and wisdom in the caregiving role. So that's pretty neat. And then also on, um, obviously, caring.com, babyboomers.com, um, and some other sites that I don't know, but people have told me, and they're going to try and find that for me. But we've had a lot of positive feedback. Um, um, and the feedback that means the most to me is from family and friend caregivers who are really doing the right thing, trying to take care of their loved ones and really advocating for them. And the whole front of the book is that's really what it's about, their role in communicating you know, advocacy to try to coordinate care because care is so complex. By the way, is the book available as an e-book? Um, it's about to become available as an e-book. Thank you for asking. That was a good question. What would be the most important piece of advice of all that you'd like to share with family caregivers? 
you can do this. You just need support, and you need to avail yourself of other resources, and they are out there. Wherever you are in the country, there are uh, pretty much now caregiving resources. And if there's not, go to your health systems and ask for them. Some health systems are starting caregiving classes. In fact, some of those organizations, you know, have uh, looked at the book just for that use as a curriculum. The other thing is your faith-based communities, because um, I have spoken with faith-based communities because of the spirituality aspects that are embedded in the book. And so faith-based organizations a lot of times really are special support for family and friend caregivers. And, in fact, we have something called e-caregiving, which is a web-based system that we license to faith-based communities and healthcare organizations as a way for people to have access to this important information 24 hours a day.